So I've been fighting a lot of resistance making this type of media or content or audio and uh, I've been reading or listening to the audiobook version of The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield and it's only been the first chapter and it's it's been really helpful. And he's only started talking about what resistance is and how it can manifest in your life. And just that alone has, has really, really helped um, because I've begun to identify it in my own life just by assembling all of the things necessary. I was discouraged in many, many different ways from how the video looks to the backdrops, to uh, not being good enough, not being good looking enough. And um, I even see in my hair some thinning and and I and um, just critiquing my own appearance. Um, and other forms of resistance kind of manifest themselves in my ideas and my thinking some of those are um, doubting my own motives. Is this vain? Is this just vanity? Because who do I think I am that I might have something to say or, or contribute or, or post or whatever? What are my motivations? Is this to get some degree of fame or some degree of monetization? And, uh, and the liar in my head says that that's what I'm after. And that's just not true. Like I've been wanting to do this just to do it because I love doing this stuff. I've had conversations with my wife and, and it's just only affirmed that I just really enjoy creating and making just for those reasons. And those are the only reasons I need to do something like this. And um, yeah, resistance lies to me. And um, I do believe in a God. I do believe in spiritual warfare. I believe in forces that would whisper lies into your ears. Um, but then I also believe in my own soul trying to hijack me and to lie to me uh yeah so this is a podcast this is a video journal a vlog what the vlogs i think used to try to attempt to do and i just want to document who i am so this is the first episode to introduce the content of what I'm after um, and I acknowledge that it's a continually developing thing and it will change into something else and that's okay so who am I my name is Jacob Thede I am a lot of things and I'm learning who I am and I need a battle and fight against who I lie about who I am. 
I my my brain lies to me who who I think I am and and that's just not true. So I grew up in Kentucky in West Kentucky. My dad was career navy until he made a shift into being a professor at a small state school. My mom majored in restaurant, hotel, hospitality, and management. And um, she's a great numbers keeper too. She great. She's not an accountant, but I bet she could be a great accountant. And uh, we settled down in a small Western Kentucky town. And I grew up going to a Southern Baptist church and grew up in that faith structure. Had some great teachers, some great uh, theological teachers. And um, one of the pivots in my life that I tell a lot of people is that when I bridged between high school and college, I had this venturing off from my faith, and I guess nowadays we'd call it deconstructing. I deconstructed my faith. Um, I got out of a really nasty relationship, and um, just cyclical addiction and abuse from myself and from her, and we didn't treat each other well. And. Uh, I was scarred by that and scarred by the things that I thought would help me in my faith, in my spirituality, scarred by things that people in my church held to and said that would work but didn't. And um, Looking back, it was just me being a, a kid and being young and, and foolish, but it's a little bit of everything. Wrong on my part and wrong on others' parts. And so I took a year, my sophomore year and I of college, and I basically was a leaf in the wind and I moved wherever the wind took me and sometimes that was good and sometimes that was really bad and after that year I was kind of in the same place that I was and in some ways I was worse off and I was still musicking I was still creating and identifying as being a musician and it's kind of, that's kind of, now that I look back, it's that those are two things that have been constant in my life has been my faith in God, my God being faithful to me, and music, and performing and creating and enjoying music and learning about music. And I can identify points in my life where one was my God and one was not, and um, I'm still working through that, and I'm still praying through that and talking with God about what role does music continue to have in my life because it's been so influential and I wouldn't be here without it. Um, it's kind of scary to think that. And I ask God, did you get me here or was it music or 
And I think the answer is simply that through God, through music, God put me where I am. So I adhere to a reformed faith. Um, I'm not Catholic. I am not Orthodox or Eastern Orthodox. Um, so probably the denominations with uh, Presbyterianism, Baptist, Lutheran, I probably relate to those more than any other. And uh, if you, I, I read and admire a lot of the writings of John Mark Comer, and I enjoy his podcast with Mark Sayer, and I, I those so th- those just I, I resonate with, and I just totally latch onto. So for me, I think my where I'm at now, being 28, 29 in a month. I am contending with the role of my spirituality and my music identity. Um, what do those look like? Why am I here? <laughs> because of those two things. And um, I guess I'm trying to attempt to marry them and to ultimately glorify God with my musicking and my, my creationing and my artisting and all these things. I uh, I got married in January 2019 to an amazing godly woman, and she is a tap dancer, and she's also wrestling with what it means to be an artist, but also be a Christian and to glorify God through her life, and it's been hard and a lot of wrestling, but it's also been really gratifying and just... I found a lot of content through wrestling with her about our, our identities collectively and individually about what our role with arts and God is. And, um, yeah, I, and if you're, if anyone's listening to this and is with, uh, with me so far, thank you. And, uh, I can't believe it. And I hope that wherever your walk is with, with spirituality and, and music, that it, it, this might help you. Um, and it's just so funny because I think about all the times that I've been in the church and I'm just like, man, I wish that there was someone here that could understand where I'm at and just help me through it. And I think God's just like, work through it through journaling, work through it through talking with me. And in a way you can be the voice that your past self needed. Um... And you can use that to help others, too. Um, Charles Ives uh, had a quote uh, in his essays before uh, Sonata, and it went something along the lines of, the the writings are for those who hate the composer's music, and the music is for who hate the composer's writings. And um, I'm kind of along those same lines. It's like these these vlogs are maybe for the people who don't like my music and my music for the people who don't like my vlogs and to those who don't like both, well, tough. Yeah, so. I'm really happy to be making these things. 
I'm really happy to finally be recording this and just having a conversation with myself. And I know it might seem egotistical, but I think it's a little bit like therapy. And I was struck by this one creator on YouTube who is controversial and um, I was very resistant to, but then gave his his uh, his his content a chance and at one point he was he just kind of said i'm tired of of lying and faking and and he is truly someone who has done it all between faking it and creating characters and adhering to the standards of hollywood and and media and and the internet and it and and you can see that it's taken its toll and it and it's failed and um I'd like to think that maybe media and social media are kind of going through a renaissance where the fakeness is overwhelming and it's and it's not working and we are becoming more and more attracted to vulnerability and more and more attracted to um, authenticity and becoming more disgusted with just the fake stuff on, on media. So, um, here's to that. Hopefully this, this is, this is the good trajectory that we go to that we become more honest and we become more authentic and also just more thankful and, and grateful and excited and hopeful. And, um, and I kind of bring up that Charles Ives quote because quote, it's been with me since I was 20, since I've read it. So for about nine, 10 years, I've been so drawn to um, what he's made. And, and yes, he's kind of a questionable figure and character, but at the very least, I think some of his music is a benefit to society and some of his words are a benefit to society. And I think we shouldn't just throw it out with, throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think that's very unwise. And, um, it's inspired me and, and it's, oops, there's life. Um, it's just inspired me to fight that resistance and to fight, fight the, the discouragement. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so I'm doing this now so that I don't forget my memories when I am 50 and 60 and I'm entering my middle ages and and my memory is just not what it used to be and I can document it now and so if anything all of this stuff is for myself but I hope it's beneficial and fun and and um, encouraging to whoever's listening and watching now I've always just admired the the vlogging format and, and I think, yeah, I think these long-form videos, we're able to do them now. I think it's just incredible looking back in 2007 and 2008 when Vlogbrothers 2.0 came out and they just, they, the only capacity they could have was making these three-minute uh, videos because we didn't have five terabyte solid-state drives and we didn't have incredible video editing software where we can edit a video what would have taken back 10 years ago about 
hours or about you know five hours and now it takes five minutes takes 30 minutes if you really know what you're doing it doesn't take long to make this stuff and so now we can do long-form content and talk about ourselves and and reflect on ourselves and reflect on our lives so i want to do this now so that when i'm middle-aged future jake can be grateful and cringe maybe a little bit but also just reflect on what a beautiful life he was given and and just be grateful and and give that to others and and instill hope because another reason that i want to make these is just to fight that nihilism and criticism that everything is pointless that everything um you know there's there's no point in doing it and also fighting the criticism of myself and others that like yeah, this might not be the best quality content, and yeah, it's not very entertaining, but let's challenge what we find meaningful and entertaining because we're just so filled with dopamine inducers, and I don't even know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but all the colors, all the flash of Instagram, and scrolling, and doom scrolling, and all the stuff, like, that. we're just, let's just fight what it means to be entertained and to find meaning and, and contribute meaningfully, too. I disabled my Facebook. I want to say that I deleted it, but I didn't really delete it. I still have all that data and all those connections and those friendships. But I disabled it, so you, I'm pretty sure you can't find my profile at the moment. And I also disabled my Instagram, and I totally deleted my Twitter account and my other account that I just kind of follow another few people. And it feels really good. It's really hard. There's some withdrawals from it. But it's, I think this was the the best move that I've made in a long time. And so I'm just kind of sticking to, I guess, the the creating websites so that I become, I, I think for myself, it depends on person to person, but it was a really good move. And it was a really good move for myself because I just, I just need to really create. I don't really need to ab- absorb from others from social media. I don't need to read status updates and I don't need to read uh, or watch videos on Facebook or watch videos on on Twitter or Instagram I and, and TikTok too. I've deleted my tw- TikTok. It's just not for me and that's okay. And I can not fully acknowledge that it that for others that they've been a huge blessing and, and good. But for me, they just weren't contributing anything. And I got hacked multiple times I looked at the get pwned website and I just didn't like the idea that all, all that my email address was being leaked so much and being so vulnerable and I've noticed that I've there have been multiple multiple like attempts to log into different accounts and security issues and I've had to change my Facebook uh, password a lot I've had to change my email passwords a lot a lot of account passwords so it was just time to delete my Facebook so another reason I want to make these these videos or this long form audio podcast is to uh, find beauty in the mundane again. And I listened to this really great podcast. Um, for those of you who have weird feelings about crypto, I'm with you. But there was one uh, podcast that talked about the crypto renaissance and talking about monetary policy in the renaissance and how 
the Reformation brought in more than just a freedom from the Catholic Church and 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 paying pen, penitence or I I don't I don't know what the correct term is, but basically paying the church for being forgiven your sins. And there was much more that was much more freedom that was given from from the Reformation, and it was it was a financial one. It was we don't have to confine ourselves to monasteries to glorify God. We can work to glorify God again. We can do simple things, and so you know. The idea that you know you paint fruit now, you paint hands, you paint the common things, and there is beauty in them, and God finds them beautiful, is just such a incredible thing to me that I think we've lost in the digital age. That everything is so manufactured and so manicured and so done over and over that it looks perfectly beautiful. I think there's some value in it, and I'm not going to degrade it. I think there's some goodness in it, but I think people are just People like myself are just so overwhelmed by the perfection of it all that it discourages us to make beautiful things. And so I'm also finding that to, to just share the mundane things and to document them and process them. And so it's like I can see the two ends. It's like making vlogs can be so bad for you and so money seeking and so, you know, fame seeking. But then on the other hand, it can just be so therapeutic because you're processing your thoughts and your ideas and your past and you figure out who you are be more because of it. And because of that, you have security in yourself. And because you know who you are, you're not questioning your moves and your motives. and You're not questioning everything. You're not doubting yourself. And, and that's that's allowing you the freedom to act and to give and to give back to people and to bless people. And so I just I think that's that's where I'm at right now with this stuff. Cheers. Um, I think that I've really found a lot of value in storytelling and telling, sharing our stories that we used to do that over campfires and used to do that over community gatherings. And in a sense, that's just changed. That's just developed into something else. But I think we've also lost a little bit of that, that we get to share our stories around a campfire. And so like, I guess this is my version of sharing my story around this campfire. Um, another, I guess a fourth reason I'm doing this and finally just doing it is that it helps me fight my cynicism and envy of others. Um, I noticed that when I was on Facebook that I just got really resentful and, and envious of my my own friends successes and I didn't I didn't like who I was becoming because of that <laughs> I was just becoming a really envious and jealous and mean person because of it and and that's just not good I should I should share my friends successes I should I should just glorify them and just and get excited for them and lift them up and not tear them down. And that's what I was doing with my thoughts and I didn't like that. So it's another one of the many reasons I disabled my Facebook account because if it was just making me hateful and resentful and envious, that was that was a problem with me. And I needed to take that action to just take down my Facebook and stop seeing those things and, and start 
actually doing what I want to do and fight that resentment and fight that envy by sharing my friends' stories instead of hiding them or doubting them or thinking mean thoughts towards them. Good Lord, like, it was just bad. It was just mean. And I don't, I didn't like who I was becoming because of social media. So I'm hoping, ultimately, because of all those reasons, I can create something meaningful on on the content purely creating side of things. So on YouTube, on the podcast sharing platforms like Anchor and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I can be someone who I want to be, <laughs> someone that God's made me to become and to share my friends' amazing stories and, and what God is doing through them that others can enjoy what they make and what they do and, and be blessed because of it and we create a better world. And it's just so, it's hard sometimes, you know, and, I, and I'm sure you're thinking, I don't know, this is what I'm thinking when I'm saying this is that it's like, how are we just, how are we actually creating any good by simply making good stuff and tangible stuff and sharing that and and reveling in other successes and and getting excited about other people's successes like how is that actually benefiting society and i think i'm still processing through it and there's so many reasons why <laughs> but maybe it's it does something in us psychologically that it stops us from the depressive thoughts, it stops us from the nihilistic thoughts, the thoughts that lead us to darkness and to evil. It stops those thoughts of taking our own lives. It stops those thoughts of taking others' lives. And it, and it gives us motivation to contribute in a meaningful way that what it does is that the good that it really does is it psychologically changes us and makes us better better in our productivity by healing other people from their sickness, by healing them from their mental illnesses, by making things easier for their lives um, in their homes and, and be, staying clean and, and making great food and making healthy food. And, um, and I think in a post-capitalistic society, we, there's a buzzword, we get so bogged down by the consume, 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 and it's why you have so many factions of different people that we forget that um, there can be some good from living a life and, I, and, I, and uh, a lifestyle of making it purely and simply a goal to make great stuff to bless others, to change others, to continue to bring, and then I, from a Christian standpoint, I don't know if you're a Christian, if you're listening to this, but from a Christian standpoint, it's simply bringing heaven on earth, on earth as it is in heaven, that, that Lord's prayer that Jesus prayed, it's, it's heaven kissing earth. And that glorifies God ultimately and takes our eyes off our, ourselves, takes our 
you know, I think it, it can minimize our suffering, though, you know, you know, if you're theologically sound, you could argue that through suffering, we're brought closer to God and enjoy life more. Um, so again, forgive me. I'm just processing thoughts. I'm vlogging, I'm journaling. And so, um, yeah, I think there's some good from this and it's intangible and it's hard to put down and it's hard to put words to because words do fail and, um, it's so easy to be data driven and, oh yeah, I think I, one of the ideas I had to title this podcast is from PhD to Amazon and, uh, I've had a lot of time to really reflect on where, what, where life has taken me, where God has taken me. And so not only, not even a year ago, I was completing my PhD in music composition and I was on the top of the world. I was writing a really fun dissertation. I was proud of how it looked and how it sounded and how it, how it read. I was accepting conferences. I was going to present at my first international conference. And then, um, I was really humbled. I started work at a warehouse and it was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. I got to meet people in different walks of life and got to hear their stories and got to hopefully uplift them in whatever way and encourage them in whatever way to keep pressing on. I met a gal who immigrated from England to the United States and, and, um, <laughs> And I kind of knew that because she talked about university as uni and no one around here calls university uni. I mean, maybe some, but she, she wants to be an accountant and, but you know, she's currently in Amazon. She's raising her, her kids and, um, working together, I, I assume with her husband and, um, she's still pressing on through university and, and, um, she wants to to do numbers. She loves finance. She loves numbers. And that, that was just so awesome to hear her story. And then there was another guy like me and he's become one of my closest friends at work. And he, um, he's at Amazon because he majored in management and he was at Six Flags before, but then COVID hit and he was out of a job. And so he started working at Amazon and We've, it's been awesome to get to know him and to befriend him. He invited me to, he let me, he let me tag along, um, to his poker night club, um, there on telegram and we've been messaging and they're just the most wholesome group of guys. So I've been, I've been really blessed by people at work and, um, to those wondering what it's like to work at an Amazon warehouse, it's, I get asked all the time, is it just as bad as people say it is, or is it like better? And I say it's, it's, it's good and bad. It's better and worse than people say. And I think I'll, I'll, let's do the bad news first. So my critiques of Amazon warehouse work is that they really are as bad, uh, numbers driven as, as you hear about it. Um, no matter what role you're in, it's numbers based, it's time based. Um, every single second of your day is logged. And there are hundreds of thousands of Amazon workers working every day. And there's hundreds of thousands of workers seconds being logged. And it's just amazing. It's quite a feat. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible and it's pretty efficient. And, and 
they're successful because of it. So I can't dog it too much, but yeah, I'll have, I've been there for a year and just yesterday, um, I had a worker come to me and he said, Hey, your, your units per hour was below 300. It was 280. And, um, and he, and he's like walking me through, he's like, well, do you know the rules? Do you know what you're supposed to do? And I'm like, yeah, I've been here for a year. I have picked 5,000 units in a day. I've had some really good days here. Yet he doesn't know that. Why doesn't he know that? If he's, if he's coming to my station to rebuke me in a way or to correct me, why is the only thing that he knows about is my numbers? Why doesn't he know my history? Why doesn't he know how well I've done in the past as well? Amazon is really lacking in that. They could do a lot of good because of it. They could, they could, they could, you know, not waste my time or his time because why did I have 280 units that day before? Well, because, it, uh, there are a lot of reasons, but pod gaps were long. Was there, was there any, you know, like, did, did they, is there any consideration on the people who correct the Amazon workers? Is there any, any consideration of the failings on the network's fault? on the, the, the driver's fault. And there was a there were huge pod gaps. I, I couldn't pick like I could. And there was also issues with my RSOL machine. <laughs> There's always issues with the RSOL machines. And that always drops us down before four, below 400. And, not, and it's on the good days where you have no pod gaps when the network's working and you have no issues with your RSOL conveyor belt. You pick 400 and you, you clock in and you do your job. And so I think that's lacking at Amazon warehouses is that there's no, it just seems incompetent sometimes. The higher ups just seem incompetent. They come by and they judge your numbers. They don't judge your past and your history and how well have you done in the past. And they don't consider also those, those, the many variables of why your tack time is down, why your units per hour are down. And it's just really illuminated that for me going from a PhD white collar job to a blue collar job where I'm based, I'm judged based on my metrics. Whew, it's hard. It's hard work and it's good work and, and it blesses a lot of people and people have many issues with Amazon, but, um, and I, and I do too, obviously, but I was able to see the dentist for the first time forever for free because of my dental insurance. I was able to see a physician for low cost because of the insurance. So there's some good things coming out of it. So going into the benefits of Amazon is that it's great for people who need work. It's great for people who need the income. It's great for people who need the insurance. And, um, and aside from that little blip with the random corrector, I'm going to call him, um, I have great managing staff. I have great managers. I have great, um, higher ups that, um, do come by and they do see my work and they do, you know, they don't bug me about the small stuff. They don't bug me about the numbers. They bug me about how can we make this work better? So it's been really good to work with my hands. It's been really good to hear other people's stories because I do come from a privileged background. Um, and it's great to hear their perspective on work. It's great to hear their perspective on life because I'm meeting all sorts of people from walks of life in Irving and all these people that are of different color than me, who are who grew up in different countries than me, 
holy crap, there's just so much to learn. And, and I have, you know, I've really experienced what JBP has said that his, one of his quotes is that people are just endlessly interesting. And that is so true. You step foot in an Amazon warehouse and you will never meet more interesting people in your life. Um, same can be said about a PhD, but it's really interesting because a lot of people who get into grad school, their stories are similar. It's like, yeah, I studied this and I applied to grad school. I got in and some of it's paid for and this is what I'm studying. And you'll find that what's unendlessly, that what is endlessly interesting about graduate students is what they're interested in studying and how much of an expert they are in. And, and being at Amazon, it's like, I think mostly it's because I'm coming from a different world. That's why I find what they do, who they are and what they're, where do they come from and everything about them endlessly interesting. But there's this sort of transparency when you're working at an entry level job that you got everything to gain and nothing to lose. And so you can use that to your advantage by developing these really great relationships with your workers and your coworkers. So I started this with who am I? And I kind of talked about my spirituality. I kind of talked about where I've come from and my musicking and all these things. Um, I found that I've, as I've entered my late twenties, I, I continue, I, I find the value of family so important that it's, it's just become so apparent to me in a way that I didn't see before why we do family and why we do what we do. And I've had to fight the nihilism of the pointlessness of it all. It's like, why would I bring in a kid to this world? And I've re it's really revealed my selfishness. It's like, why do I want that responsibility? And I found how lazy I really am. And I think that's another part of my resistance in creating the, these video journalings that what's the point in it all? Like, why do I do this? So I found that I'm really selfish. I find that I don't want to have kids because it's, it's just, it's hard work. And I've, oh, that's what it was. The resistance of doing this is that it's hard work. It's like, why would I put in all that time and effort to get so little back? And it's like, no, it's part of the, it's part of, it's part of that saying that, you know, your destination isn't the goal. The journey is the goal and the destination is just the end of it. And so enjoying the ride and enjoying the journey and, and along the work you find meaning and along the work you're blessed and along the work you find value and you create that value for yourself and you'll have it forever. So my wife's desires to have a family have really revealed my heart and have really revealed my selfishness. And um, for those who are listening who are resistant to family and to having kids, um, whatever your prerogative is your prerogative, but I would also challenge you, you know, what are ways that you're being selfish in this? Because 
we're humans and we're inevitably going to be selfish about our lives and what we want and what we desire. So I've really found in my late 20s that wanting a family is, is a hard proposition, but man, it's an exciting one and it's, 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 it's hopeful and it's filled with these new dreams that you have. And so being a musician is really conflicted with that because my whole life, like, you know, you kind of fall into this, whether it's good or bad, this natural idea that being a musician means this or that. And for me, being a musician meant um, having a good following. That was the measure of your success of, of, a, of being a good musician is that more and more people like your music. And it's like that could be nothing further from the truth. And, um, and I just need to fight that resistance to think that what I do is a blessing to my small network of people, whether it's through my three people, whether it's my 12 people, or whether it's a hundred or 200 or a clan or, or a village or a town or a city or a county, that who you are matters, what you do counts, and it helps society and it blesses society. And so I've I've enjoyed being creative, I've enjoyed being a music musician, and I've had to fight that false idea of success being, oh, you need a bunch of followers, you need a bunch of likes, you need a lot of money, you need to make a lot of money from this, that's the measure of success from this. And it's like, well, here I am, I have a PhD, I work at Amazon, and none of those things are true. And that's good. And that's right, because you help people in ways that you you don't, you never see, and you honor people in ways that you could never know, and you bless people with the little things you do every day, and um, so I enjoy running a lot. Changing the subject, I enjoy running. I enjoy going long distances and pushing myself in that way. And I think that's the part of myself that leaks into my interests and who I am as a person. That I like music and I like running, I like being creative, I like exploring um, finance, I like exploring philosophy, I like exploring relationships, because all those things I can compete with myself. And I've never been one to compete with others, but I love the idea of competing with yourself that you can be better than who you were yesterday. And that's actually a rule by JBP is that stop comparing yourselves with others and only compare yourself with who you are were in the past. And that idea, those ideas have brought me further in life than the latter or the former. <laughs> by comparing myself with who I was in the past by competing with myself and trying to improve myself from who I was in the past has improved my life more than comparing myself to others and comparing myself to their success. It's, it's, and that's, that's another reason why I disabled my Facebook and deleted my Facebook, deleted my Instagram, deleted my Twitter. It's like, I found myself comparing myself with other people all the time. And I'm going to have to fight that with YouTube and fight that resistance with likes and subscribes and content and stuff. But the thing with YouTube is that I've made lots of videos that people will never watch. So what's one more? <laughs> Creating beautiful, simple, boring things.
I love it. I love doing that stuff. It matters to me. It matters to me a lot. So, going forward with this vlog, podcast idea, um, I've got about 10 videos reflecting on 10 years of my life, starting in 2011, going through all the way to 2020. And in each video, I'm going to do my best to recall memories and recall pieces of music that I've written and how they may or may have not glorified God in my spirituality, how they may or may have not developed who I am now and shared. And, and I just want to share that story, share those stories. And today was kind of an introductory one. I have a lot more to say, I guess, but this will definitely do. So if you made it this far, let me know who you are by sending me a private email or sending me a message or just liking and commenting on whatever platform this that you're listening or watching this through. I'm incredibly thankful for you I'm for listening to this. I hope it was somewhat entertaining to listen to. If not, I hope it was helpful or a blessing to you and not the opposite. So I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great next few days of your life and let me know if there's anything I can do to bless you, to share hope with you, and to help this earth glorify God and make heaven kiss earth. <laughs>